3: championing the core conservative principles of limited government individual liberty free enterprise and traditional values this is the John Whitmer show on 98 7 and 1330
4: KNSS welcome back to the John Whitmer show on 98. 7 and 1330 KNSS. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. As a reminder, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. You get all the latest updates on the show. If you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. I'd love to hear from you. you. Well, according to a new survey, 49% of Americans now view themselves as politically independent. That's the same as the two major political parties put together. It's a staggering number that should make everyone actually stop and think. Why do so many Americans not align with a political party? And what can be done to empower and activate those voters in the upcoming elections? Joining us now to hopefully answer those questions is Paul Johnson, he is a political campaign advisor, a national leader, an expert on enacting political reforms that empower independent voters in the electoral process. At 30 years old, he became the youngest mayor ever of Phoenix, Arizona, and he is the go-to consultant for political reforms aimed at independence. Paul, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend.
5: Thanks, John. Thanks for having me today.
4: So. I mean, this is, as a lifelong Republican, I don't like hearing this. It's, I mean, why do you think so many Americans now view themselves as politically independent?
5: Well, I can't speak for every independent. I've seen a lot of polling on this. I've seen uh, a lot of numbers around the country in terms of what's happening with independents. You know, you should start with, I think, the... You know, what's important in it is, is that there's not a realignment going on in the country. There's a disalignment. Uh, yeah. People in general are disaligning from both of the political parties. Uh, what we've seen in listening to the poll, I mean, you you know, it's, it's an interesting group of people when you poll them, because you'll find that they support things like civil rights, equal rights, human rights. But they also support free markets, free enterprise and property rights. Right. Um, they're, they're. They're just not cut from the mold of either party, and oftentimes the excesses of both parties, and both parties have excesses, at least maybe this is speaking as someone who's an unaffiliated voter today. I've been an independent for about 25 years, but there are excesses on both sides. And what is interesting about when you start polling these people who are unaffiliated, They don't like woke culture, but they don't like the alt-right either. And they feel that within those two parties, that those two groups have been a a growing constituency, that their voices have been getting louder, and that they're not really working towards trying to deal with the best interest of the country.
4: No, I think you're right. I I think you're right. And and I think there's a a whole component here. It's not just traditional independence, because I think you've got people – I mean, I know people who are now independent who have unaffiliated – who say, for example, that, you know, the Republican Party is, isn't is conservative enough or you've got some liberal. I know that I've got a buddy who's a liberal and he isn't a Democrat anymore because they're not progressive enough, although I don't think that's possible. So I think you're right. I think there's... there's it's an interesting hodgepodge of groups. I mean, what does it mean for the future of politics in America if, if that many Americans are now as you said, unaffiliating and becoming independents?
5: It, it's We are going to go through dramatic change in the country, in, in our state, local, and national politics. Uh, I think the primary issue and the thing that I tend to advocate for is simply empowering those people who are unaffiliated voters today. So as an example, in most states, if you decided to run as a Republican or Democrat for governor, senator, any one of the statewide offices in a state like Arizona need about 5,000 signatures. Right. But if you run an independent, you need 60,000 signatures. You have half the time to collect it. Uh, They make you do it by written signatures as opposed to electronic signatures, meaning the existing parties have tried to rig the rules so it's almost impossible for independent candidates or for unaffiliated candidates to win. But they also discriminate against unaffiliated voters, and they do that through a wide variety of ways, not allowing them to vote in the primaries or – No, I actually happen
4: to agree with that part. I mean I – just because if it's a Republican primary, then I think you should have to be a Republican to vote in it. I mean I don't want Democrats voting in our primary.
5: (laughs) They don't want us voting in theirs. (laughs) So the answer is don't have – don't have the states continue to subsidize the party primary. You want to go have a primary? Go have one what the state ought to pay for is an open primary where everyone runs, ah. every candidate treated equal, every voter is treated oh. equal. I could see at that. least that's what independent voters would tend to like today.
4: I could see that we're talking with Paul Johnson who is a national leader and expert on enacting political reforms. Let me ask you this Paul I mean you know we're talking about a lot of theory here, a lot of theoretical, uh, you know what? What could happen? The problem is traditionally third-party or independent candidates, other than playing spoilers in elections, by and large they haven't been major relevant players on certainly the national stage. I mean, if you look at you know Ross Pro or or even this election cycle, you've got you know Cornell Wilde. They're not; he's not expected to be a factor. Um, how do you change? How does an independent get enough votes to actually? Be a factor at a presidential race, let's say, or even a at a senatorial level, let's
5: say. Let me let me separate presidential from local elections, and I'll hit your question first. At a national level, you're exactly right. There are very few candidates. There are no candidates that have actually been able to be successful running for president as an independent. Assuming that the assumption is that they wanted to win, or that they right. needed to win. But right. if you look at Teddy Roosevelt, he definitely changed with the Bull Moose Party. The swing of where the country was going, Ross Perot, the last balanced budget we had was Bill Clinton. I think it was no accident that his, uh, the person that he ran against in the presidential election not only was George Bush, but Ross Perot, who was talking about a balanced budget. Sure, sure. But too. if we didn't have I Ross
4: Perot, Bill Clinton
5: wouldn't have been president. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I, th- I think that may be true, but I'd also would bet that he wouldn't have balanced the budget. That's that probably true.
4: Happened. You're right. That is probably and, true.
5: And so the, so the key is, is that they can influence the public mindset when, when people begin to see the amount of people that they can gather. Now, at a local level, that's it's very different. Look, I, I ran for mayor in a open primary, and then I ran for governor in a closed one. Um, it was, uh, by the way, I was registered Democrat in both races. Uh, I left because after I ran in a primary, I realized that I just simply wasn't lined up with Democratic voters. But in terms of uh, the difference between the races, when I ran for mayor, I had to go talk to every voter. Right. When I, when I got my voting list, I had to talk to Democrats, Republicans, Independents, every one of them. And when you listen to people—I was 23 years old at the time—when you listen to people on all sides, you start looking for common ground. So. I began to focus on why we needed a strong business community, why we needed property rights, to be able to pay for the social programs that many people wanted in Phoenix. When I ran for governor, it was, I was stunned by how far left people were in the Democratic Party and how out of touch I was with them. And they said I was out of touch and they were right. You know, I'd been representing people in a general election for so long that it was impossible for me personally, to swing back to representing what people on the left really wanted. Here's the point. Why should those two points of view, the far left or the far right, be the only things that we have to represent us? And in fact, when candidates only have to appeal to one side, they tend to end up having a different disposition. And here's a number that matters. There are 500,000 seats in the United States that are elected. 70% are determined in the primary. Yep, that's true. Only 30 percent have a general election. That means only 30 percent of the races are is the public actually getting to have a say on who represents them.
4: That's true. That's true. And I I mean, I I know even looking at Kansas, you know, a lot of these seats of the way. If you you know, some would say it's gerrymandering. Some would just say it's how it's redistricted. But a lot of these seats are solidly Republican or solidly Democrat, and so ultimately that decision is made in the primary process. It's interesting food for thought, if in, if nothing else. If uh, if folks want to get more information, if they find this topic fascinating, I know you are also the host of the Op- uh, Optimistic American podcast. They can find information on you, and they can find episodes of the podcast at Optamerican.com, right? O-P-T, and then yep. it's American.com, correct?
5: Yeah, so we also wrote a book that's called uh, Addictive Ideologies. A clinical psychologist and myself wrote a book on how ideologies are beginning to have a huge effect on driving the political debate in the wrong direction. And I'll just end with this. the, You know, my view is, is that we've done an awful lot of great things in government. I don't want to take away from it, even though I'm a private sector guy, a free market guy through and through. But the single greatest thing we ever did as a country is the country-empowered independence or individuals over itself. Yes, That's really the secret yep. to people who are re-registering. They're not the right or the left, nor are they, nor are they necessarily honest, or, or do they have no philosophy whatsoever. They just simply don't want to be identified as being a part of a group. They want to be identified as an individual.
4: I I think you're you're right about that, that we definitely are are an independent, individualistic country, and let's keep it that way. Paul, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you again for joining us this evening and carry on the fight, my friend. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll ask whether or not, with a massive lead in the polls... Donald Trump should better should, should even bother showing up to the first GOP debate. We'll ask master debate champion James Fishback. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
0: For over a century, local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community. We move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886
1: and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Do you need a car but maybe your credit is less than perfect? THEN YOU NEED THE CANE HAS YOUR CREDIT SUFFERED FROM LATE PAYMENTS OR COLLECTIONS? THEN YOU NEED THE CANE HAS YOUR SCORE DROPPED FROM MEDICAL BILLS OR STUDENT LOANS BEING BEHIND? THEN YOU NEED THE CANE ARE YOU TRYING TO CATCH BACK UP FROM A PREVIOUS LOSS OF JOB OR PRIOR BANKRUPTCY? THEN YOU NEED THE CANE WE KNOW THAT BAD THINGS HAPPEN TO GOOD PEOPLE AND THE CANE CAN HELP IF YOU'RE LOOKING FOR A VEHICLE AND NEED A SECOND CHANCE YOU NEED THE CANE ON YOUR SIDE IF OTHERS HAVE TOLD YOU THEY CAN'T HELP Put the cane to work for you. Get the help you need in a vehicle you want. Call the cane today at 333-3333. Dial 333-3333 and ask for the cane. It's as easy as 333-3333. Hi,
3: I'm Alex Kane. Let me use my 28 years of experience to help you with the fresh start financing you and your family deserve. Put me to work for you today. Financing with approval of credit, not all buyers will qualify. The summer of
0: savings is upon us at Midwest Kia. Each month this summer, we'll announce huge dealer discounts on select models, giving you a chance to trade out your competitive make for a brand new Kia from Midwest Kia. In August, explore summer with confidence in a new Kia Seltos. Beauty and brawn for life's adventures. Ready to upgrade your Jeep Compass, Ford Escape, Honda CR-V, or Toyota Route 4? Trade it in towards the purchase of any new Seltos and get a $1,000 discount. No matter the year, no matter the miles, your competitive trade saves you $1,000 instantly. At Midwest Kia, you'll find inventory in stock and available to with fair pricing that is never over MSRP and no fine print and gotcha tricks that require the Fast Talk disclaimer at the end of this ad. It's a better way to buy that is simple, transparent, and fast. Trade in that old compact SUV and upgrade to a new Kia Seltos today and get a $1,000 dealer discount only at Midwest Kia. All new Kias come with an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. Visit Kia MidwestKia or MidwestKia.com. And remember,
2: we want to see you in a Midwest Kia.
0: Limited powertrain warranty valid until August 31st. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
3: Your phone call is welcome at 869 1330. This is The John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS. I can't stop this
4: feeling. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk sponsored by wink hartman and the hartman group of companies as a reminder you can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play knss radio if you ever miss an episode just visit knssradio.com you'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there and of course make sure you like and follow the john whitmer show facebook page and follow me on twitter at john r whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show And, of course, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. We'd love to hear from you. In an interview Tuesday on The Hill on News Nation, Jason Miller, a longtime advisor to Donald Trump, said the former president was unlikely to participate in at least the first two Republican presidential primary debates, but said the former president still has not made up his final decision on the matter. In a new Morning Consult poll, 56% of presidential GOP primary voters surveyed said they'd support Trump. 17% they support said they support Ron DeSantis. 8% favored conservative entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. 7% perform prefer rather Vice President Mike Pence, and it gets the numbers go down from there. So. Is it worth it for President Trump to even bother? Well, with us now is James Fishback. He is founder and executive director of Incubate Debate, the largest and only no-cost debate league in Florida. Incubate serves thousands of middle and high school students across the state, believing that open debate and free speech are essential. James, thank you for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend.
6: Oh, it's my pleasure, John. Thank you for having me.
4: Well, and and, and I have to tell you that uh, when I was in high school, I did National Forensic League for years. So I love I love debate as it as it is. I still judge occasionally. I get asked to go call a judge uh, here at high school debates. So I love debate. I'm glad you're doing this. I think more kids should do debate. So I couldn't
5: um, agree more. I couldn't agree more.
4: Let me ask you, James, just we'll just start with the top. Should Trump debate? I mean, there's a slew of challengers. Should he do it?
6: Well, it's a good question. It really depends on who you're asking. I think for the former president, the answer is no, he shouldn't debate. And, and the reason why is because the upside is very, very limited. I mean, going into this first debate, President Trump is up 40 points across the board, no matter which poll you look at. So when you don't have very much upside to participating in this debate and a ton of downside, there's not a real reason to do it. And then I also think that you if your this- average primary voter... If you're the average primary voter, why would you want to have Trump on the debate stage? A guy who, again, whether you like him or not, just sucks so much energy out of the room that there's not an opportunity to hear from other candidates.
5: You know,
4: I have not heard that analogy yet, that that example. That's actually not bad, because though, as much as I would love to see the circular firing squad (laughs) targeting him, there is something to be said about that point in that if he's there he is going to suck up i mean he's going to have the nicknames and he's going to be throwing the barbs and the personal insults and we may not get as much of an opportunity to hear policy debate or substantive discourse if he isn't uh, if he isn't on the stage although uh, you know, the other the other argument you could say is that he doesn't want to breathe life into the challengers by sharing the stage with them. And so that's another argument that you could say. I just don't know if his ego will allow him to stay away. I, you know, I mean, he is the quintessential narcissist.
6: I agree with you 100 percent, John. I think that breathing life into the challengers, giving them a platform, that's problematic for him as well. I think that goes back to the first point of there not being a whole lot of upside for the former president, but a ton of downside. Giving Ron DeSantis, giving Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, all candidates who actually bring a lot to the party. He doesn't want to share the stage. Look, that first primary debate with – with uh, then-candidate Trump back in 2016, drew 25 million viewers. Without the former president on the stage, there's no question that you're going to have fewer viewers to then take in that message from the other candidates. But I think for all parties involved, it's better if President Trump skips these first two debates. It'll let the Republican primary base get a better idea of what policies are being pushed forward by people that I tend to like a lot, like Vivek Ramaswamy.
4: Yeah, I think you're right, and you are absolutely right about the breathing life into campaigns, because there are some that I think are—I are. are I mean, Chris Christie in particular, you know that he is chomping at the bit for the opportunity yeah. to attack Donald Trump, which may not be there. What's it, What else is he going to do then? I mean, if, if Donald Trump's not there, Christie's basically the moderate on the stage who's going to get attacked, and that's not what he wants. He wants to be the center of attention going after the president, which he'll do if Donald Trump's not there— but it's not as impactful if Trump is two podiums away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking with James Fishback, founder and executive director of Incubate Debate. Um, so let's talk about the, the Democrats because they've got, you know, that Republicans aren't the only debate in town. A little different over there. Joe Biden, I mean, he's flat out refusing to debate his primary opponents. That's obviously because he can't debate them. But how can their campaign – let's just set aside the primary. How can their campaign even hope to put Joe Biden out there for a presidential debate? I mean he can barely form coherent sentences.
6: Yeah, that, that's exactly why, John, you're not seeing the other side even entertain any type of debate between Marianne Williamson – Uh, an RFK Jr. to President Biden is because, again, they ran him from the basement in 2020. It was a strategy that absolutely worked. Had President Biden gone out there and pounded the pavements like Donald Trump did, he probably would not have won that election. And so they want to hide him. They want to keep him away from the public. And their hope really is that Trump is the nominee in large part because for a third of this country, the mere mention of Donald Trump makes him psychiatrically ill. And it doesn't matter who's on the Democratic ticket. They're just going to vote for him.
4: No, and and I think you're right. That Trump derangement syndrome really kicks in. And if Trump's not the candidate, I think it's a little there's still some of that with DeSantis, but it's nowhere near as bad. Um, one, and I have to ask you about this. I know we're coming up on my bottom of the hour break, but I do want to ask you about this. The former president teased out on Monday that the first Republican presidential debate might help him narrow down his choices for a vice presidential running mate. I mean, it's cocky, but it's definitely Donald Trump. Do you think, I mean, do you think there's some merit to that? I mean, do you think this is basically just an odd, other than for Ron DeSantis, do you think this is just an audition for everybody else to be Trump's number two?
6: Look, I think there's two sets of rules in the Republican Party, the one that that Donald Trump applies by and the others. I think it's absolutely right. This is going to be a VP showcase for a lot of the candidates on the stage, and Trump will be watching very closely.
4: I think you're right. Uh, (laughs) James, I appreciate you, brother. If folks are interested, if they want to connect with you, they can find you at incubatedebate.org, correct?
6: Absolutely, yep.
4: I appreciate you taking a little time on a Sunday night to join us, my friend, and uh, carry on the fight, my friend.
6: It's my pleasure. Thank you, John.
4: We'll take a quick break to pay a few bills. And when we return, Kenny Hsu, author of School of Woke, will join us to provide a historical context to the rise of critical race theory in education in America. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show. Our studio lines are open 316-869-1330. We'll be back right after this.
1: Join Mark Patrick's seminars and lose the weight or stop smoking guaranteed only $49.99. Saturday, August 12th at the Spring Hill Suites by Marriott Wichita Airport in Wichita. Weight loss seminar starts at 11 a.m. Registration at 10.30 a.m. Stop smoking starts at 2 p.m. Registration at 1.30 p.m. Now at Menards. Save big
2: money on your next project with 11% off everything keep your home organized with closet made closet solutions they're perfect for storing clothes and hanging accessories find the closet solution that's right for you and save big money right now get 11 percent off all closet made closet kits good through august 13th savings are a mail-in rebate some exclusions apply see store for details save big money
0: at-
1: Attention, taxpayers. If you or your business owe the IRS back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, the IRS has green-lighted billions of dollars in tax relief to those facing financial hardship through its tax relief initiatives. If you have a delinquent tax problem and possibly facing wage garnishment, liens, levies, audits, or already in a payment plan, you may now qualify for significant relief. Qualifying and enrolling in this program could stop all collections, settle your tax problem, and may even reduce what you owe by up to 99%. Call the hotline at TaxHelpUSA to see if you qualify and receive your free tax assessment by dialing 800-210-1005. If you or your business owe back taxes to the IRS or state, you can now get the help that you need during these hard economic times. Get your free tax assessment to see what you qualify for by dialing 800-210-1005. 800-210-1005. That's 800-210-1005.
3: Bad decisions limit future options. Stop adversity from becoming stress. Listen to The Flatline with host Rick Hughes Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Learn problem-solving devices built on God's word for inspiration, education, all without manipulation. The Flotline this Sunday on KNSS. Brought to you by Midwest Kia. We want to see you in a Midwest Kia.
1: I like the looks of the forecast this evening, but on
4: Monday especially, Increasing clouds, lows in the mid-60s overnight, north winds a bit
1: gusty. On Monday, sunny skies, highs only in the mid-80s, and northwest winds 5 to 10 could have a few thunderstorms late Monday night. I'm KNSS
7: meteorologist Rodney Price. Fox News, I'm Ted Lindner. China and Russia triggering a big response from the U.S. Navy after conducting a joint naval operation off the southwest coast of Alaska last week. The U.S. Navy dispatched four warships and a PA reconnaissance aircraft to shadow that Russian and Chinese armada. Of course, the U.S. Navy routinely sails its warships and flies reconnaissance aircraft in the Taiwan Strait off the coast of China while also keeping in international waters. Fox's Lucas Tomlinson there, and you may be feeling more pain at the pump than usual. Among various factors pulling oil prices
8: up, the big one is Saudi Arabia's decision to extend its oil production cut enacted last month into September.
7: That is Trilby Lundberg keeping tabs on gas prices from coast to coast from the Lundberg survey. America is listening to Fox News. If you
3: want to hear it, I love the podcast, the personalities,
0: the best music.
3: I like to hear the news updates. It's on the Odyssey app. It's the most accessible wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing. The Odyssey app makes it easy. Your audio toolbox. Easy to get my news right on their app or listening to podcasts.
0: Always music that makes me feel good. It's my go to news source.
3: The Odyssey app.
0: I love it because it's so portable
3: in the office, in your home, in your car, everywhere. Got to download the Odyssey app for sure. From ninety-eight seven and 1330 KNS.
6: This is Carrie Lake, and you're listening to The John Whitmer Show on KNSS.
3: Live Sunday nights, this is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. K.N.S.S.
4: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and through social pages. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And, of course, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. We'd love to hear from you. Well, awareness of the rise of critical race theory in public schools and how it has shaped our education system took the U.S. by storm over the last few years, in particular due to COVID, because parents started (laughs) by necessity taking a greater interest in their children's education. Parents truly became aware for the first time how deeply entrenched CRT was in the classrooms, and their eyes were opened to the insidious agenda thoroughly embedded in public schools. As a result, CRT and parental rights and education have become some of the most explosive issues facing Americans today. Kenny Hsu is a perceptive and... Relentless critic of CLT and our culture's war on meritocracy, meritocracy rather, and and now in school of woke, Shu exposes how CRT is transforming public schools and having a destructive impact on our children's education and their future. Kenny, thank you for joining us this evening. Congrats on the new book, my friend, and thank you for joining us tonight.
7: Definitely awesome to be here. Thanks.
4: Um. You know, critical race theory in education—I know it dates back to elite graduate schools, dates back to the 1970s, but it's now become institutionalized. It's become um, accepted. It's—it's you know, credentialed in many schools. It's mainstream, sadly, and now they're trying to force this across the country. We're even seeing it in Kansas as it's normalized whereas back in the day it was more of a of an elite you know highbrow let's let's think on this ponder on this at grad schools now it's being forced on kids in high schools all across the country
7: Yeah exactly critical race theory is one of those things that may have tied into academic jargon but to be honest, I'll tell you where critical race theory really derives from. It derives from that seething sense of victimhood yes. that a lot of members of minority populations have. That you know we deserve something. You know we haven't been given that kind of thing. It's sort of street language that has been intellectualized. That's what you should know about critical race theory.
4: Yeah, and and the other thing that's really insidious about the whole thing is there's a very lucrative business model behind. This whole thing—it's part of that whole diversity, you know—the DEI movement. There, I mean, there's a there's a whole consulting industry that has arisen that is also pushing a lot of this in government and in in the education institutions, isn't it? I mean, it, this is—it's obviously it's all about the Benjamins, but it's also about pushing their woke agenda as well.
7: Right, exactly. Um, in my new book, School of Woke, I talk about just just how vast this industry that preys off of the school system's massive financing system is, you know, it's one of those industries that many people don't know of, but the reality is the education industry has gotten so big because the education system has gotten so big. We spend three times as much money on public education as we do in the past, um, as we had, had, had in the past um, uh, 40 years. So coming in, you know, this is something that parents and people should really be aware of how much the nonprofit industry and uh, social emotional learning, or whether it's critical race theory in the schools, whether it's the NAACP, they love to take money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in contracts from uh, parents. Uh, And that's what's happening in these schools.
4: Yeah. And you're seeing it at, at all levels. And in particular, especially now it's coming to as low as children as young as five are being segregated in the classroom by race and then being taught that, you know, whiteness is inherently evil, that being a minority class makes you somehow, you know, a victim. It's like you said earlier, it's 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 promoting this whole victimhood mindset also, they can make money. I mean, here in Kansas, the K through twelve system is over fifty percent of our entire state budget. Just on K through twelve, you factor in higher ed, you're over sixty percent of our state budget. No wonder they they're trying to make money off it There's a ton of money available to be made. We're talking with with Kenny Shu, He's the author of the new book School of Woke. Um, Kenny, let me ask you uh, this: you know, the the education establishment monopoly and administrators. They've been, for lack of a better term, they've been gaslighting the public about the prevalence of this ideology in classrooms for a while now, even going so far as to hide the fact that they're teaching it. Here in the Wichita Public Schools District, for example, CRT and materials from the 1619 Project are listed as, quote, approved course curriculum and materials. But if you ask the district directly, they tell you they're not teaching it and it's not part of their core curriculum. So it, it's available, a teacher can teach from it because it's approved, but it's not core, so that allows the district to deny that they're teaching it. It's all semantics, it's all words. They're flat out lying when they say it's not being taught, but it is being taught. Is that is that not how they're 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 deceiving the public when this language, are they not?
7: Yeah, you know, it's uh this right. They will tell you, you know, CRT is not being taught, like the legal philosophy, um, but it's not it's not something that is that we can really um that it's not something that you can just say, oh well CRT is not being taught, therefore the victim language of victimhood isn't being taught. The reality is the language of victimhood and the so-called systemic racism is very much being taught in our system. And uh, the whole idea, for example, of Black Lives Matter, you know, people think, oh, it helps ordinary black people. Well, it actually doesn't. It's all about in, in, encro- encroaching upon the victimhood ideas of the black economy into ordinary minority kids. So it really is being taught at a, at a de-intellectualized level.
4: Yeah, I like the way you put that, the deintellectualize, because they've gone from it being a highbrow, you know, course at, at colleges and grad schools to now being taught, like I said earlier, to fifth graders. Uh, Kenny, before I let you go, I have to ask you about and it's a completely separate issue, but the Supreme Court ruled mm-hmm. earlier this year that admission policies at Harvard and the University of North Carolina violated the Fourteenth Amendment. You were a board member for students for fair admissions, the plaintiff in the case. Uh, left the media obviously uh, demonizing the court. I'm sure I can't imagine what they did to you on this. Um, the court got it right. It took them a while. They got it right. This is I mean, affirmative action I felt has always been reverse discrimination. How has that been for you now that the, uh, the court ruled in your favor in this? How has it been? I mean, what's, what's that been like? What kind of response have you received?
7: Um, it's it's been kind of uh, I, I will say it's it's been great um, because this is what we've been really working hard for for so long. Uh, it's been a relief, and that's 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 really what it's about. It's it's been a huge relief. It's been something that I've really been excited to be a part of. Um, but you know we we've got to move on now as a country. Affirmative action is effectively dead. Race preferences in college admissions is effectively dead. I don't really want to fight this battle. Anymore, the bigger battle I want to fight is reducing the victimhood ideology, and especially black children that's coming along. That's why I wrote my new book, School of Woke.
4: Well, and tell us a little bit. Again, it's called School of Woke: How Critical Race Theory Infiltrated American Schools and Why We Must Reclaim Them. It's available on Amazon. Can you tell us a little bit about the book?
7: Um. Yes. I can. I would love to tell you about School of Woke. Basically, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if anybody, if you have a resource that you want to, if you, this School of Woke is a resource for you to understand how much this ideology is infiltrated the school system and how ordinary people can fight back. Uh, that's what School of Woke is. It's going to talk to you about the industry, but it's also going to tell you about arguments that you can make to your own ordinary friends and professors to help them to see the light that the school system that we knew and loved is not no longer the school system that we think.
4: That right there is the most useful part. I'm that I'm because I think there are a lot of us who are having these debates, albeit, you know, at the Thanksgiving Day table coming up in a few months or when they're at a school board meeting and this stuff is coming up and they need to be empowered to, you know, how do I have this conversation? How do I you know, what do I say when I'm confronted by someone who is pushing this agenda? I think that, if nothing else, makes this invaluable. Again, the book is called School of Woke, How Critical Race Theory Infiltrated American Schools and Why We Must Reclaim Them. It's available on Amazon, and they can find information on you at colorusunited.org, correct?
7: Yes, you can find information about School of Woke and me at colorusunited.org. We stand for a race-blind society.
4: Kenny, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, thank you again for joining us, and uh, carry on to fight, brother. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on eight seven and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this.
6: Hi, I'm Tom Connors. Went to Mark Patrick's hypnosis seminar, February 6th, 2019. Nothing worked before. Left there and never smoked again. Amazing. Easy, affordable, and guaranteed. A year later, with my wife, Michelle, attended Mark Patrick's weight loss seminar. She lost 18 pounds and I lost 43 in eight
1: weeks. It's true. He smoked two packs a day and nothing worked until Mark Patrick hypnosis. Now we're losing weight together, eating healthy, full on half the food, crazy, enjoying exercising. Who would have believed Mark Patrick hypnosis really works?
6: It's amazing. I can breathe again, my blood pressure went down, and I've got so much energy. So much energy. And look great.
1: Stop smoking, lose weight now without cravings, irritability, or money back. Early bird special, only $49.99 guaranteed. Join Mark Patrick's Hypnosis Seminar and lose the weight, stop smoking, feel great for only $49.99 guaranteed. Saturday, August 12th at the Spring Hill Suites by Marriott Wichita Airport in Wichita. We lost seminar 11 a.m., registration 10.30 a.m. Stop smoking seminar 2 p.m. Learn more at markpatrickseminars.com.
0: Join Hope Ranch for Women on September 7th for an inspirational event at the Stockyard. It's the annual Embrace Hope fundraiser hosted by Tim Tebow. Tim actively advocates for survivors and combats to stop human trafficking on a national and global scale. This event supports women who have been exploited and trafficked to find hope and rehabilitation at Hope Ranch for Women. Get your tickets today at hopebranchforwomen.com That's hopebranchforwomen.com. It's Embrace Hope, September 7th at the Stockyard. The summer of savings is upon us at Midwest Kia. Each month this summer, we'll announce huge dealer discounts on select models, giving you a chance to trade out your competitive make for a brand new Kia from Midwest Kia. In August, explore summer with confidence in a new Kia Seltos. Beauty and brawn for life's adventures. Ready to upgrade your Jeep Compass, Ford Escape, Honda CR-V, or Toyota Route 4? Trade it in towards the purchase of any new Seltos and get a $1,000 discount. No matter the year, no matter the miles, your competitive trade saves you $1,000 instantly. At Midwest Kia, you'll find inventory in stock and available today with fair pricing that is never over msrp and no fine print and gotcha tricks that require the fast talk disclaimer at the end of this ad it's a better way to buy that is simple transparent and fast trade in that old compact suv and upgrade to a new kia seltos today and get a thousand dollar dealer discount only at midwest kia all new kias come with an industry-leading 10-year 100,000 mile limited powertrain warranty visit midwest kia or midwestkia.com and remember
2: we want to see you in a midwest kia
1: Limited power warranty valid until August 31st. Be a part of a winning team at Crosswinds Casino. We are currently hiring full and part-time positions. So if you're 21 years of age or older, visit us online now to view current openings and apply. CrosswindsCasino.com. That's CrosswindsCasino.com. Welcome to the race. I'm announcing hey. today. I'm announcing
3: that, I'm that I intend to keep In rolling. a
1: crowded field. You get a lot of people running. We'll eliminate the noise. I didn't hear a peep out of those people. And
3: let you hear what you need to know. What matters to me the most. On 98.7... And
5: 1330 KNSS what it is this is tyrus from fox news and you're listening to the john whitmer show
3: your phone call is welcome at 869 1330 this is the john whitmer show on 987 and 1330 KNSS
1: Welcome back to
4: the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Sponsored by Wake Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. From breaking news to severe weather updates, we're here for you. Be here for us. (laughs) Make sure we're here for you. Keep AM radio in vehicles by texting AM to 52886 and tell Congress to keep AM radio in cars. While you're doing that, Go ahead and like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called at John R. Whitmer get all the latest updates of the show. And, of course, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. I would love to hear from you. Packed show tonight. It's been a great show. I appreciate uh, the calls. I appreciate it. I know we've got a couple calling in. I'll wait and see uh, what, uh, what Andrew says. Uh, but studio lines are open, eight six nine thirteen thirty. want to let you know of an event coming up here uh, just this week. The Republican Women United of Sedgwick County are having their second annual primary election victory party. It's coming up on Saturday the 12th at 930 at 730 North Main. I think that's uh, Wichita Area Builders Association. Um, they'll have a breakfast, a charcuterie, charcuterie, uh, uh, breakfast stuff, <laughs> breakfast munchies. But it's always fun. I love going to Republican Women United. Also, want to remind you about the Wichita Packardrum Club. Don't forget they meet every Friday for lunch at the uh, at the on top of the uh, Bank, of, Bank of America building on downtown, and at the uh, Petroleum Club. If you want to grab a quick bite to eat and enjoy a great topic speakers, the Wichita Packardrum Club is always a fascinating luncheon. So if you want information on either of them I share those at the John R or at uh, the John Whitmer show Facebook page. So um you know we talked earlier about independent candidates and how they're factoring in to the 2024 campaign. I just wanted to share I saw this came across my Twitter feed recently. A top Obama strategist is now warning Democrats about another third party threat to Biden and it's Cornell Wilde. Uh, this guy, by the way, if you don't know who Cornell Wilde is, he is an absolute left wing. Uh, I mean, I guess you could call him a progressive, but he makes I mean, he makes liberals look look moderate. He is so absolutely crazy. Crazy left wing. But a previous senior advisor to former President Barack Obama is warning Democrats about a threat to Biden's re-election campaign from third-party candidates. Like Cornell West, he is running as a Green Party presidential candidate, but the guy is crazy. David Axelrod, who served as a top advisor to to Obama for two years in the White House before becoming a strategist for the uh, 2012 campaign, is questioning why alarm bells aren't going off, why they're not more concerned about Cornell West. And I, I get it, because first off, he's African-American, so that chips away at that Biden base, He's also left left I mean he's left of Biden, so he's going to chip away at the progressive base, and he is when he announced uh, last month that he would make a run for president as a third party candidate I mean it he is a he is a legitimate threat I, I'd love to see you know JFK jr excuse me Robert Kennedy Jr. I don't know if he's a legitimate threat because he's running as a Democrat, but what but West is I mean he'll be in the campaign unless he drops out there's because there's no primary and they should be concerned they no longer is he just you know in the background he is a legitimate threat he will be on the ballot unless he drops out and you know he has criticized Biden's past relationships with segregationist senators he's criticized some of the things that Biden has said and he does not mince words either i mean he is very Very uh, concerned, uh, concerning rather for Democrats. So it's just something to keep an eye out. Um, Cornell West checking out, bit of a bit of a loon, but yeah, we'll see. Larry, you're on the uh, John Whitmer show. Thanks for sticking around.
8: Hey John, uh, got uh, something I wanted to point out. Then I have want to get your input on. Sure. First thing. well, your guests came up and made the comment about us being a democracy. We are not I know.
4: I, I almost corrected that, you know, that we are a republic.
8: But, yeah. Uh, you know, you're I a just, good host. I let him get not, away with good that. Host and you're not going to stand somebody up and, uh, and confront <laughs> them. I understand that. But, yeah, every time I hear that, I think about my high school uh, history teacher hounding on that, and I say, ah, my hackles get up. So my high school teacher did a good job. Oh, second thing, I want to get your input about uh, Miller looks like could be leading the pack for the oh you're talking
4: board. about melody McRae miller on this yeah, yeah well of course she is I'm she's a democrat she's radical she's the left loves her the progressive lover and you know who else does the education yeah. establishment they are just going yeah. to yeah they love her
8: they, the unions love her um, who's the number two it is a runoff between her and the number brent. one and number two did i get that right
4: yeah brent davis it will be the republican nominee and even though they say these are non-partisan They're partisan, but yes, she's the Democrat. Uh, She was a former Democrat member of the legislature. Brent Davis is the "quote unquote" Republican in the race.
8: Yeah, right. She is she much better than uh, Miller.
4: Uh, well, Brent Davis, yeah, he's he's pretty solid. We had him on the show uh, two weeks ago, and I'm sure we'll have him on again. I will reach out to Melody McRae Miller. She will not come on this show. Um, she would not yeah, want to answer the imagine. questions that I would ask. I mean, and I know what she would say if I asked her about school choice. She would say what the education establishment tells her to say. If I asked her about school funding, she would say that no, they're they're not adequately funded because they don't believe that any. I mean, they their their answer to school funding is it's never enough which is why we use that music yeah. as our theme song, because that's what they believe, is that there's never enough.
8: Hey, we've, been this, right. we've been through this enough years, we know how that, that song is going to go. Anyhow, just want to throw that out to you. I appreciate your time, John.
4: I appreciate it, Larry. Thank you for calling. Yeah, and Melody McRae miller is who he's referring to. And, you know, she's – look, if you think that everything is going great at Wichita Public Schools, then vote for her, because that's what you'll get. You'll get the same old – no change, I mean, the same thing, you know, there'll be no changes. Everything will be running as status quo. And, frankly, the status quo at Wichita Public Schools is bad. I've shared with you their uh, college and career readiness scores in the past. They're pathetic. They're dismal. And if you think that that's acceptable, if you think that, you know, having college and career readiness scores the way they do, well, then, you know, (laughs) vote for her. But if you think that they actually should improve, then you need you need better, then you need to have changes. And that's what it comes down to for me is I no longer believe that the education establishment is looking out for the student. I think they look out for themselves. They do what they're told. They do what the KNEA and the K E S B, that's the Kansas Association of School Boards, want them to do. And Melody McCrae Miller, that's what she will do. But when you look at USD 259 students, 52% of them are below grade level in reading. 56% are below grade level in math. 57% are below grade level in science. These numbers are not even remotely acceptable. And if you asked Melody McRae Miller about that, she either wouldn't answer that or she would give you the spin on that. She would say, oh, something else. Or she would point to some other number. She would point to graduation rates. USC 259 is thrilled to death with their graduation rates. Yeah, well, you can graduate them if they're not ready for college. If they're not ready for a career, then all you're doing is graduating kids who shouldn't be graduating. If you're not ready to move on, don't move them on. But that hurts their numbers. They have to have at least one metric where they're performing. So... I'm glad that he called, and I I appreciate the call, Larry. But, yes, we will absolutely have the school board candidates on. We've got a lot of races. We've got city council races now that we're past the primary. We'll have J.B. Johnston on. We'll have Gary Bond on because now there are more school or uh, city council races that will actually be relevant coming up in the next uh, next few months. So it's going to be busy. And, of course, it's a time for you, the voter, to get energized, to get engaged, and get informed. Make sure you do all of the above. In the meantime, have a great week. Enjoy the cooler weather, and I'll be back next Sunday.